Saw you Sunday. Saw me Sunday. Saw you, mate. What do you mean you saw me? Right at the front, you were. In uh, front of what? In front of the protest, mate. You oh. were the one pushing the flaming bin. I saw you. <laughs> 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 um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't at the riots. I was uh, at home watching uh, Manchester United Leicester. Yeah. You Which, were at the riots though, weren't you? I wasn't at the riots, mate. No, no. I got, I was, I, I got caught in the riots. At the I was, I was having a wander into town, around mm. town. You know, all of a sudden, there's thousands of people hanging about. So I went, oh, I'll go and check that out. But yeah, no. Uh, when I looked, when they were on College Green, uh, it must have been well over like five thousand people. It was mental. Uh, and I was just thinking, like, it's just when they were on College Green, just chanting away. I was just like, I cannot wait for a away day. Yeah, getting marched through the town, yeah, singing your songs. I mean, obviously, that would have been a bigger way day for you boys, um, for the gas heads, obviously. Or if you want to use gas logic on it, there was probably 5,000 on College Green <laughs> and then 10,000 just around the corner. 10,000 locked outside. Locked outside, yeah, just um, mm-hmm. outside at Bristol wanting to, <laughs> wanting to get on. Yeah, yeah, that'll be yeah. it. Um, yeah, it all kicked off, mate. Put us on, you know, national news. I was wandering through town and saw what was going on. I must admit, I do... I said something about a big crowd. I'm like a moth to a flame. <laughs> what are they all doing down there? So, yeah, and it was... Uh, yeah, and obviously they kicked off. Idiots. Um, but it did get me wondering about kind of away fans coming to Bristol. And we're in national news. Like, this is this was pretty big news. Yeah, right. Obviously, I, just for a disclaimer, obviously, it's pretty bang out, like, what they did to these like police women and, and men didn't do the city's name very well did it not really mate we're just like idiots i was worried taka taka was gonna get hit though yeah so they all um they all got uh sort of stuck in basically and they locked themselves in and stayed in the shop and they're getting yeah and they're getting a uh they get a pay rise mate they're getting a nice little at pay least, pay packet they had good food to eat didn't they that's like, true better than being like stuck in uh quigley's yeah <laughs> <laughs> mate say what you like but their chips cheese and gravy have got me through many a night yeah so episode three mate episode three uh, i guess we should probably apologize well for no episode last week i don't think there's anyone listening to this going on oh, bloody hell they've missed a week <laughs> no yeah we no, we missed last week um we got a bit pissed didn't we yeah saint patrick's day wasn't it, it was- yeah if yeah. we had every intention, um, we did sit down with the mics and, and it, started talking, but we it, just got through the Guinness a bit too quick. It was just an absolute trash. Yeah, it was. Also, seven cans of Guinness is enough to sort of see you off for the evening, I think, really. So, episode three, what are we going to be talking about? So, we're going to be looking at all the previous delightful action from Rovers and City over the past few games. We're going to be talking to 17-year-old goalkeeper Jedwood. We're going to be looking at all the local football news that's coming up. And finally, we're going to be picking our left-back nominations for the Brizzle 11. I'm Coops, that's Pat, and this is Brizzle Kicks. So, Patrick, obviously... Rotherham was your last game, but you know you want to talk about Birmingham, which which is a long, long time ago now. But you know we can't let you not have the opportunity to, to fuss over a three 0 win. Three one. Um, look, the, uh, it's not a fuss, is it? I just feel like we're doing a disservice if we miss the games. But you didn't even watch it. What What have you got to tell the people <laughs> at the game? Did you even watch it? <laughs> um, 
Well, we won 3 1, mate, and that's all you need to know. So that's a win at Birmingham. Uh, then obviously we went to Blackburn, got a nil-nil draw. Um, not too bad actually. We'll take that all day, considering where Blackburn are. Um, and then obviously last Saturday's loss to Rotherham, which I don't think needs covering as much as the win to Birmingham. Do you? So out of these three games, how many did you watch? Uh, I haven't watched one because, <laughs> like I said on the last podcast, what's the point? The credibility of this podcast is going through the roof. <laughs> yeah, but, but... All right, you walked out of the flat on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I said, are you watching the Rotherham game? And mm-hmm. you go, no, we got no chance of losing to Rotherham. I did then, say that. And then walked out. Yeah, well, the, look, the, the confidence was there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just... At the end of the day, mate, it's a tenor to watch what is ultimately a nothing game. We're not going up. And we're not going down. I can completely understand why, you know, we're watching the Rovers games because you've got a bit bit on them. For us, look, I'll, I'll stick with what I said last time. Give all the under-23s a run out and just play them as the eleven. Put all the good players into hiding. Um, your Bentleys, your Callasses, maybe your Wells sometimes that you just want to kind of hide from all the onlooking eyes um, and then and then we just go again in, in pre-season mate I just don't see the point of this season anymore I've lost complete interest in Bristol City um, and when we lose 2-0 to Rotherham it makes me lose even more interest so um, I've made the right decision I think and look a, a loss a win and a draw in the past three games I think that just sums us up to mediocre be mediocre um, and it's you know, it, it's been mediocrity for quite a few years now. Um, but as I said, and I'll say it again, if you would have told me that it would become championship mediocrity, um, I'd have taken it. Yeah, and I know you, you. it was an anniversary this week, and I know you want to mention that. So what is it? Uh, well, it kind of, yeah, sort of yesterday to the day, it was the JPT final. And I only want to mention this, not because it was a good... good it, all I want to say is that I have never <laughs> gone to Wembley and felt more comfortable that we were going to win a game. It was literally just one big piss up. There was no need. There was no. It wasn't like a playoff. You were playing Walsall. Yeah, exactly. But look, we were. Yeah, we. Were, I thought it was a Mickey Mouse Cup. That anyway. Well, we've won it twice. So yeah. yeah so when we beat you in the in the fi- in area final, it was, it was Mickey Mouse. Yeah, the difference there is the area final, isn't it? And we've all won the area final. So, uh, no, look, it was a good day out. I enjoyed it. It was the first time um, I'd got to Wembley. I didn't go in 2008 for the playoff final. There's, a, there's something you didn't know about me. Uh, I was on a coach back from Barcelona. <laughs> and I was trying to get it on a radio. This is, uh, my friend Ash was on the coach. It was a school trip to Barcelona, which we drove a coach down towards. Um, And it was like a bit of a football tour. And my mate bought a radio for us to listen to the Bristol City match on the way back. Um, Obviously, you're not really going to get Radio Bristol in the south of France, are you? (laughs) Um, uh, This was before, this was your FM radio that we were trying to... Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, we were trying to tune it in and... um, yeah, in the end, got got you know really really annoyed that it wouldn't work. You know, went off, sat in another seat, didn't hear anything um, until one of our teachers got a call um, just after the Windass goal, uh, and he had I think it was his dad or something, and he was he was shouting at us, and he told us all obviously that 
Bristol City were 1-0 down and I don't think I smiled again for two weeks. Uh, I was, even I was at that game in, in the Hull end. You were in the Hull end, were you? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not one of those... You are. I bet you wore your Rover shirt, didn't you? No. no. You, have you seen the blokes turning up to the uh, vaccines at Ashton Gate in their Rover oh, shirts and their full kits? I've never... What goes well, through your mind when you're doing that? I know. Why turn up to a rugby stadium in your full Rovers kit? Like, Very it makes no good. Sense. Yeah, fantastic. But no, I was at the game. My dad's... Um, one of his best friends is a whole city fan, so he had a ticket. So. Right, that's a very tenuous link, but yeah. yeah. And you went down, yeah? Yeah, it's good to saw Dean Windass' uh, you know, goal of the, of the century. This is horrible to say. It's an absolute rocket. Yeah. Like, it's just, obviously, it was against Bristol City, but, mate, to score that in a playoff final for, you, for your sort of club you've been years at, and what a dream that would be. Yeah, you're obsessed with the 2018. Well, you're talking about him again. But, uh... Well, you have to be. It's, it's, it's a sort of... <laughs> It's as close as we'll get to the Premier League for a few years, I reckon, yeah. at this rate. Um, but anyway, uh, the past three games, obviously, not great. Um, and, yeah, that's it. I do want to point your attention, just while we're on the subject of, you know, Rovers fans wearing kits to the vaccine centre and things like that. Um, there was a, a tweet from this uh, BRFCJ, um, and he basically did a thread on all the players he thinks Bristol Rovers should, should sign. Now he's deleted the tweet. Now he obviously got a bit of got a bit of backlash on it. Yeah. Um, I went back to look at it today, and he's deleted the tweet. But there was one left, and it's Charlie Austin. Um, and a bit ambitious, isn't it? Right. The whole thread, mate, was literally players. It was like, oh, we might, you know, Ronaldo's out of contract at the end of the season. I don't see why, you know, he's been banging them in for Juventus. He might as well come and have a run out of the men. Like, some of these suggestions, mate, were absolutely ridiculous. Um, but he obviously has been ridiculed for it. So, uh, obviously, fair enough. What, but what was the saying? Aim for the moon, you might hit the stars. Yeah, yeah. Who knows who you might get, eh? Who knows? Maybe Pittman on a on a free loan or something like that. He's tearing up tonight against Rovers at the moment, isn't he? So we hope so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on Saturday we played Plymouth. Oh, Rovers now, or is it? Yeah. yeah. Go it, on then. It, it was uh, another ten pound that you look back on and think, what else I could have done with that ten pound? See, mm. I rest my case. Uh, I turned it off with like ten minutes. The guy, um, and there's going into the is that there's nothing more Bristol Rovers mm. than going the to a punching team punching police horses. <laughs> <laughs> then going to a team, yeah, that has lost five on the bounce, yeah, and and given their record back. Yeah, yeah. I I think City fans can absolutely like the amount relate. of times I as a Bristol Rovers fan, you you look you look at the other team's form and. When they've lost like five on the balance, you don't think, oh, we're in it. This is, this is a banker. It's, oh, we're losing this. Yeah. And, um, you know, you could just see it from the start. And um, their, first, their first goal was like slow motion. Right. Uh, and you could see it the whole way down, going down the line. The cross came in. The slowest step over dummy. And then their boy just saw the ball kind of hit the back of the net. And it's like... Yeah, you just you just know it's, it's not going to be your day. No, and I think we could still be playing now. We probably still wouldn't have scored. So, who do you blame for that? <laughs> we calling people out now, are we? Well, no, who do you, is it? I mean, what's what's going on, mate? You're not winning, are you? You didn't really have a sort of manager bounce, nor have we. I've got to say, but um, you you know, is Barton 
really got a hold on that team yet. Well, I guess you can look at it from the fact that we've had three managers, none of them's got a tune out of the team, so, you know. you don't, Yeah, the constant in that is the team, I suppose. Yeah, um, so who knows what's going on, but uh, who cares right now? It's just about staying in the league, so there's there's slight improvements under Jerry Barton, and, you know, he's got to work a bit of magic, hasn't he? But tell you what was good, though, what I did enjoy about Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Was the, the production levels at Plymouth Argyle. I'm not used to that in League One. A multi-camera, loads of action replays. Commentators were good, and the commentators are good at Rovers as well. But um, when you have the away games, they're usually really, really biased. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's two commentators that knew all about every Rovers player, mm. knew about their history, knew about Rovers' history, and it was like watching a a game on live TV, which we don't obviously get much. Do you think there are two Plymouth fans with a podcast? chatting about the Rovers <laughs> game the home you know their, their away leg and you think they're sort of saying well one thing I will say is you know there was one camera angle uh, and the commentators knew a bit about Plymouth mm. uh, or or uh, yeah no it's nice yeah I guess this I was saying this obviously well, I think we're lucky to have Robins TV um, there are definitely improvements like that's no that's pretty obvious but look for a, for a £10, same price you pay for iFollow, we get full kind of build-up, um, replays. Um, you know, some of it is not for me. Uh, but, yeah, we've, we've got to look at teams like, you know, the lower leagues down to sort mm. of Bristol Rovers fans and think maybe we are a bit lucky. Yeah. Well, really, you know, at least watching the Rovers games on um, iFollow at the moment, we can't go on holiday at the moment, but it is a bit reminiscent of... Been on a ferry, isn't it? With the sort of the bobbing up and down of the camera. Yeah, I know you're called a pirate, but you're taking a piss now. <laughs> Honestly, the camera, the, oh, yeah, the camera is going. Is what's he on? Is he all right? Well, earlier so, during the swimming game, he's just face down at the pitch. Yeah, yeah, watching the grass grow, which some would argue is probably better watching than what happens on on the you know the football side. So keeps you on your toes. Talk to me about the swimming game, Coops. Um. You're going down, aren't you? <laughs> Admit it. Admit it. You're going down. Surely that's it. I'll be honest. Uh, on Saturday, you know, we lost to Plymouth and I was thinking, um, and you see you it on Twitter and we're down and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was I was, I was saying to people, you know, we're 19th, still still at the relegation, it's still in our hands. Yeah. Uh, still 10 games to go. You know, Swindon is the big one on Tuesday. Let's see how we get on there. We've been making a little bit of improvement, but and how did you get on, Coops? Lost one nil. Yeah, yeah, um, not very great. Not very good. And um, do you know what? If you if you can't beat Swindon Town at home in a relegation battle when they've got Brett Pittman up front, who must be getting close, Bagsman. to... <laughs> must be getting close to sort of. Captain's Tom's age. Forget Pittman, mate. They got Paul Caddis. <laughs> Paul bloody Caddis Paul is Caddis. still still getting a flying game up, in professional football. Flying up the wing. Camp. Leave bloody camp in God. <laughs> Honestly, the, the 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 age of the Swindon boys. Wait, if you can't go out for a game at home for Swindon, uh-huh. down there in the pit. That, that number 14, the, the back for Swindon, he was absolute trash. 
Uh, yeah, he looks a bit shaky, I've got to say. It's, uh, again, I, I'm coming from an angle where I actually watched this game. <laughs> <laughs> you, watch, you watch more Rovers than you do City. Of course it. I am. And, a hundred, and mate, you're, it is looking so good for our podcast. You're a secret to do, gas head. Mate, to do a relegation party at the end of this, I don't mind. I don't mind that at all. Um, so, uh, but uh, for the record, I, I just want a, a yes or no, are you going down this season? It's not looking great. Not looking great, I will say that. And I, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, but I don't know what Joey Barton does. He he's come in and tried the nice bit, trying to build confidence uh, at the start, um, and then you know he got a bit a few results. But then he's played a bit of the hard card, and then he's called players out, said that they don't get their places, they don't try, it, and you know the same thing happens again and again. Rover their chances, yeah, but they just concede and they don't take accountability and. Um, you know, I don't see how it's going to turn around between now and the season. And nor do I. <laughs> and that is why I'm going to watch every Bristol Rovers match at the end of the season. Is going down a bad thing? Surely if you're not competing in League One, then you ought to go down, regroup, maybe find your level again. Um, just hope you don't sort of fuck League Two up like you did last time. I don't know, to be honest. It's, um... Does Barton stay? If you go yeah, he's got, he's got to. Like, he hasn't really had a chance, has he? Um, but League Two is just tragic. And you're playing the likes of Forest Green. You're playing... It's like, it's just awful. I can't believe you're digging teams out when, when you look at your front door. Forest Green got a better stadium than you. Got a better infrastructure. Yeah, got a better stadium. Would you not agree that Forest Green Stadium is better the, than the Memorial? The yeah, but do you, not, do you not agree it's, you know, it's more modern? Uh, it's a bit more of like a, a club for the future. To dig a club like that out when... I'm sorry, mate. Thing, look in the mirror. <laughs> it's the first thing that came to my head, to be honest. But, Fair dude. Uh, if you've got the table up now, you, it's just tragic. And, uh, you know, it goes back to what we were saying is that why is a team from Bristol playing in League 2? It just makes you wonder, like, how rich does your owner have to be, you know, to keep you in League 1? Um, you know, you've got the richest owner, not only in Bristol, but <laughs> the whole of England. <laughs> And, you know, how, I mean, at uh, what level does he have to be to keep you in, in League One, you know? Um, yeah, I'm absolutely over the moon. Uh, it, tonight was a tough game because I don't like seeing Swindon win either. But I'll tell you what, if they stay up and you go down, I'll be a Swindon fan for as long as, as, long as it is. Tonight's bad. Tonight is very bad. And, uh, you know, you've got nine games left. I, I haven't looked at the fixtures. I know we got Sunderland on Saturday. I hope Lee Johnson does you six 0 as well. Oh, this is—it's all shaping up perfectly. <laughs> um, now, listen, I don't know what it's like in a League One relegation battle. I, you know, I haven't been there for years, so yeah, nice, nice to watch. Um, that was one more nail in the coffin, as they say. There's not many nails left to go in, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I, just, I, just, I don't know how you rally a group that. Is underperforming and they can't get up for a game like tonight and and uh you know it's coming evident that we can't score goals <laughs> i don't know what to say like it's just, just i have to say for it you're really dejected and um you, you normally got a bit about you but this obviously this <laughs> is a bit, got a bit you normally got a bit about you this is obviously really hurt yeah it hurts a lot as well because i've cooked you food all night as well yeah i know it's this mate that uh, sometimes life has as a way of sort of giving you these twists and turns and it's about how you overcome them. Um, but you are going down this season and I think it's probably a safe bet. If it does come to it, the game where we get 
especially relegated, you're not in this flat. Uh, I think actually, I think what would be good is if we recorded it and we did it on air. Oh, what else? You've got nothing to lose. I do, because I'll go all out for decorations. I'll go all out for party hats and poppers, and there's a financial expense to that. Right, and, if, and then if Rovers stay up, you got to come to Rovers game next year. That's a massive, <laughs> disgusting shame. Well, if you want to stamp on our grave, then... If Rovers stay... Look, this all right, it's not even worth talking about. You've got nine games. Or is it too, too early to call it? Let's, well, too early to call. When it gets down to the business end, the real business end, if there's a game in it, we'll stick a wager on it, and I'm happy to do that. Yeah, let's see what happens when it comes to it. <laughs> Going down. Love it. Love it. So yeah, we had our first guest on the podcast last night, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I was thinking today, what do you reckon he was thinking when he popped up on Zoom? And you and me sit, the, imagine there's the pictures framed perfectly, the sofa in the middle. Me and Patrick just on the sofa. In the background, there's a, a cock of van cooking on the hob. And then there's a bottle of red red wine just breathing. And then um, he logs onto the call and he must be thinking, what is going on here? Yeah, who are these two absolute muppets? Um, and you yeah. also forget that he's also a 17-year-old lad. Um, yeah, so I, I, I did start thinking that. Yeah, we all want to be professional footballers. And then when you meet them um, and they're like 17, you think, oh, God, like, why is that not me? Yeah. <laughs> why was I not like that at 17? Yeah. Um, but no, it was a really good chat with Jed. Yeah, so for... I guess the Bristol City fans out there, uh, we spoke to Jed Ward, um, who is a Rovers goalkeeper that's made it through the youth system. And on Saturday against Plymouth, he made it to the bench um, to be in the squad for the first time. So we thought, you know, let's have a catch up with him. So should play the interview? Let's do it. We're joined here today um, by our first ever guest on Brizzle Kicks, 17-year-old goalkeeper Jed Ward, who made the Bristol Rovers squad for the first time on Saturday afternoon against Plymouth Argyle. Congratulations, Jed, and thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank uh, you very much, and uh, thank you for having me as well. No worries at all. Unfortunately, the result on Saturday, but you know, let's get back to kind of how it all began for you. How did you first get into football? So yeah, my brother and my dad, uh, my granddad, quite involved with football. Um, like playing with my brother because obviously he was with the team, and I wasn't. I was too young to join the team, so often I played for him in tournaments when we go on tour and stuff like that. And then the opportunity came to join a sort of Sunday league team. And because I played football so much with my brother, it kind of came natural to me. And obviously playing with bigger kids, you're going to get used to it a lot, lot more. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. Would you say your, your brother helped you with sort of the, the competition side of things? Obviously, he's not a bad footballer playing at a pretty high level himself. Um, does him pinging balls in your back garden help like sort of at you with, with goalkeeping? Yeah, definitely. It's quite a good balance, actually, me being a goalkeeper and him being an outfield player. Because obviously, he just wants to take shots all the time. And all I yeah. want to do is save him. So, any chance we got to go out together, like, obviously, throughout lockdown and earlier when we were a lot younger, he, he'd go out to the field and I'd come with him. He'd practice his shooting and I'd practice going in goal sort of thing. And when you're playing with someone two years older than you, you're obviously going to get the balls hit harder and you're going to have to react quicker. And I think that helps, helps a lot. Was that happening when you were younger as well? From an early age. Yeah, it's happened like 
throughout my life. So when I was six, seven, throughout to now, when I'm 17, we still, out, like, like I said, throughout lockdown, we were going out and playing football. So, so yeah. So was it always, um, was it always a goalkeeper for you or did you start outfield? Well, from like the team I signed on for was uh, Bradley State United. And uh, so I, the first half I played goal, second half I played out, out on pitch, usually up front. And then um, it kind of came to down to Rover saying, look, do you want to play in goal or outfield? So, and then I just chose being in goal because I just had a good passion for it. And how were you spotted by um, Rovers? A tournament. Well, my brother um, had like, sp- well, they spoken to my dad about my brother and everything at that early age. So they already knew a bit about him. So they knew a bit about me as well. But at this tournament in Deerswood, they just said, uh, look, we want to get him in on trial. After I, I can't remember what I did, but I think I put put the ball down from my goal and ran the whole pitch and scored. And they, <laughs> they said, yeah, just get him in. That'll get him looking, mate. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have that opportunity when I was at Bradley State United. Um, so you must have done something right uh, starting <laughs> there. No, fair play. Fair play. Um, so obviously you start, what sort of age did you get get sort of spotted by Rivers? What sort of time... Time was that? It's about uh, eight or nine. Started playing like officially when I was seven. So towards the back end of my like when I was eight, nine years old. Nice. When I was and nine, when you were spotted. Yeah, and then nine, ten is when I went on sort of trial there. So you've been yeah quite a few years then up through the youth system. You've got any sort of highs and lows of of coming up through that system? Yeah, I got plenty of highs and lows actually. But um, I think the main thing was for me was under fourteens. Uh, got to the end of the season and it, I felt it was a bit touch and go really because I was less developed than everyone else. I was a lot smaller and as a goalkeeper, that's not great. But they they just I don't know what it was. They saw something in me and they said, "Look, we're going to play down in age group, so you're with people who are the same size as you and everything." And it got to the under sixteen season. And I was back up in my age group and I was performing well I had the other two keepers there as well and I managed to overtake them both and we went from there signed it YTS. So do you reckon that sort of that challenge at sort of a younger age helps you now because I imagine it's quite a tough competition being a goalkeeper breaking into sort of the development squad and, and, and you know, now, now you're trying to break into the first team squad is, is, do you reckon that's put you in good stead? A lot of it's mental side like being dropped down age group is never going to be nice if you know what I mean so um I kind of just thought, look, try and prove them wrong, prove that I should be in my own age group. And then that's helped me build a sort of build character. And so when I'm trying to push into like the first team or the development squad, I'm looking up to people above and thinking, how am I going to get them out of the way? What have I got to do to get them out of the way for me to push into that squad? Yeah, those those players that you were looking up to, what, what sort of heroes were you looking up to in uh, that sort of time? What sort of people were you... Idolising, I guess. Well, I was a big Liverpool fan, so at the time it was uh, Pepe Reina. Yeah. I liked, I liked his, uh, his like classic distribution, kept balls out of the net. And then as I sort of was getting older, I kind of like, I liked how sort of uh, Cassias he played and Courtois. I used to like him at like obviously as a bit older. I liked the, the way he played, and I idolised that and looked to like, play like him because I'm I like to say that I'm similar build to him, so. Yeah, is, is that Courtois? Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's so a lot of Rovers fans won't have um, seen you play, I guess. So is, is is that sort of the style of goalkeeper that you, you, Rovers fans can expect in the future? Yeah, more um, like comfortable on the ball, play out of my feet. But the main the main task is keeping the ball out of the net. 
however means possible. You mentioned there about playing the ball out with your feet. Is that something they've started to coach now at a young age? I remember when I was growing up, you know, goalkeepers was just kind of stuck in goal. It was, it was kind of just put, put anybody in goal to stop the ball going in. Now that now it's, they use them as a length, 11th player on the pitch, really, don't they now? So is that something that's yeah, that so, training? Yeah, when I was a lot like younger, 11, 12, 13, it wasn't that big. 14s, 15s, 16s, even now 18s, 23s, first team, they get you involved, sort of like maybe a passing square or possession. They, they always want you to be involved because you've got to be comfortable with the ball at your feet. You've got to be, like you said, that 11th man. So it is being coached a lot more and working on your left foot as well as your right because you've got to be able to use both. Do you think as a goalkeeper, it's, it's tougher to sort of make it professional? With, with the, there's probably, I guess, more limited opportunities as a goalkeeper goalkeepers gone for a number of years probably longer than a lot of the sort of outfield players and um, and obviously there's only one position for a minute team yeah well I think that that is the hardest part because there's only one goalkeeper that plays if you're say you're like a right back you can play right back maybe left back fill in centre mid maybe right mid there's always options for you if you're a goalkeeper you're a goalkeeper mm. and you've got to be able to get everyone out of the way and prove like when you get in there say you're number one you've got to be able to keep that shirt as well because there's so many, so many people who want that number one shirt. Because there's so many keepers that are going to clubs and being number twos, number threes, and then they they are trying to get elsewhere. So if another goalkeeper comes in, you've always got stone in toes. I'm interested to know in who who you think or who you rate um, the best goalkeeper you've ever trained with. Um, someone at training, someone you've sort of worked with. Best goalkeeper I've ever worked with. Um, uh, well, all the goalkeepers at Rovers at the minute, like Antsy Jacola, probably one of the best I work with. He's like technically very good. Keep the balls out of the net. Um, when Jamal Blackman came on loan last season, good keeper. Um, I like the way he trained as well. Obviously, he's got that experience from Chelsea, so he had good standards as well. And yeah, and, and do those lads, those lads, obviously coach you through it as well, and obviously put an arm around you a little bit. Obviously, being in the youth side sometimes. Yeah, well they're almost like another coach because sometimes the goalkeeper coach will just step back and let them tell me what I need to be doing better or like see it from their perspective because at the end of the day, they're playing the game still. So they mm. they can see what I can see, whereas the goalkeeper coach can't because they're not playing the game anymore. So yeah, I think it's really helpful. They Yeah, they do uh, help you, but sometimes they push you on. So they might say, oh, that wasn't very good or something like that to help you get better, like help you build your character as well. Yeah, and I guess that is, that's all the, the, what they call a goalkeeper's union, isn't it? Um, yeah. You don't really get on the with the outfield players so much. As is that a thing? Is the goalkeeper's union a thing? Are you all yeah, best buds in, in the chain rooms <laughs> and all that? Look after each other. We're not best buds, but like I, the goalkeeper's union is a thing because like, at the end of the day, we, wanna, we all want to be number one, but we all that, like, look out for each other, but Fair play. Yeah. Have you got any um, champagne moments? Uh, obviously, you've played you've played at a, a really high level for for quite a number of years. Even if that is youth high level, you got any champagne moments that you that you've you know any saves that you pulled off, any you know cut wins, things like that. Yeah, well, under sixteen season, I think just like after everything I've been through from fourteen to fifteen, sixteen dropping down and coming back up. At the end of that, we beat Bristol City one 0 on the cup final. Uh, the Seven Bridge Cup, which is which is wow. really good. Wow, that's um, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair play, fair play. So you signed professional uh, forms at the start of this season, was it? 
starting next season, it will start. It starts next season. Okay, so what was that like, um, sort of, uh, for you and your family when that was offered to you? Yeah, everyone was just, like, over the moon, really happy because it's like, I, they all know the sacrifices, the hard work, the dedication that's gone into it. So, yeah, they, they're all so pleased for me. And like I said, like, growing up, my brother, that was his goal was at the end, at the same time as me, that he wanted to be a professional footballer as well. And he was the most supportive. He was the most happy for me, even though he could have been a bit annoyed that it wasn't him. He was still, the, like, the one who was most excited and most happy for me. That's great. So, sort of growing up, who did you support as a, as, as a kid? Um, I supported Liverpool. That was main, my main club. And my dad and my brother are big Bristol City fans. And I used to go with them. Uh, I had a season ticket at one stage and as I got older I kind of drifted away from Bristol City and more towards Rovers but when I was younger it didn't really matter who I supported and I like I like to get on the Bristol City and watch them but now I'm kind of more Bristol Rovers. Oh, fair play, fair play. When when you were get you obviously said you had a season ticket down there, did you have any um we're quite interested in people's rituals of like a match day and not necessarily when you're playing. But more, more as a fan. Do you have? Did you have any things that you always did with your old man and, and Louis? Did you ever do those things, or um, yeah, every week? I yeah, we failed. We get there nice and early. We go in the B and M round the corner. We get our drinks and our sweets, so and chocolate and crisps or whatever before the game, because you know buying a pasty in there is about five for one. So we got <laughs> there and sneak, <laughs> sneak them into the ground, and then uh, yeah, that was. And then we were there nice and early to watch the warm up. Fair play, fair play. Um, so, what I mean, when when you were told, um, you know, what was that like being told to be, that you were going to be mentioned, or at least in the squad on Saturday? You know, tell tell us a bit about that. So yeah, I just I, after training, I went home and and then I received a phone call, and it was from the goalkeeper coach, just saying like, "Well done with the past week training and stuff like that," and he just he just said out of nowhere that you're travelling. And uh, it was just a massive shock. I was just didn't know what to say, and sent me the plan and everything. And it was just it was just a surreal feeling, surreal like in deep inside of me, thinking that this is what I've been working towards my whole life, and just like it's happening. It's just yeah, unbelievable. What's it like being in a stadium without without the fans like that? Obviously, um, there's not much difference at the men, but you know, without those fans in there, you know, what is it like the atmosphere and things like that? Well, I've never really been involved in a game where there's been loads of fans but it like even though I've never been involved it just, just feels like empty like you, it just feels like there should be people there and you're always thinking oh why is it like subconsciously why does no, why is there no one here and then um like you can see you can sense it like the players like you can see the difference between when you've got fans backing you and when you don't sort of thing like they, you might sprint that extra yard or you might put that extra tackle in or something like that but so what was it like walking into sort of the first team dressing room for the first time? Yeah, just seeing my name on that shirt and everything everything I needed was there already. Usually I'd be packing my bag the night before, making sure I got my socks, my kit and everything, whereas I literally only bought my boots and shin pads. Everything was all there ready. And yeah. when I saw that number 51, it's just, yeah, unreal moment. Yeah, imagine that's turned up with your shin pads to match that. Yeah, I've got to carry a massive bag, man, and walk through porter cabins and sort of puddles and that. So, yeah, no, sounds spot on. Um, you mentioned number 51. Did you pick the number or do you get told you're number 51? No, it was just given to me. It was the number that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life and hopefully get it framed.
Well, hopefully number one soon. Um, all right, you get a choice. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kit man. Uh, what number do you go for in that situation? 21. 21. Nice. Yeah. You wouldn't fancy just going for like, if number nine was available, just being one of those goalkeepers that goes, I want nine. <laughs> a number nine goalie. I know it's a bit controversial, but I wouldn't mind number 13 as well. Oh, yeah. Brave. Brave. Very brave. <laughs> so you, you probably weren't aware of it going on at the time, but there was a lot of um, activity on Twitter around your name. Yeah, I've had <laughs> it. Yeah. So boring. I bet, <laughs> I bet you've had it for a number for years now. Uh, you know, how, how do you how do you feel about it? Yeah, like um, obviously it can, it can be annoying, but the way I look at it, it's a name people are going to remember. Yeah, I'd rather have a, a name that people are going to oh, Chedward, remember that <laughs> instead of a name where people go oh, yeah, he's that? this guy, and it mm. creates like it makes people like share it out and get people noticing, which is something that is only going to help me. So yeah, I, I'm used to it by now. You, you even had you even had a big Bristol City fan, Mark Watson, tweeting about you on Saturday afternoon. A big comedian, so you know. yeah, I, I read that tweet actually, and I thought see, I recommend this guy, and I just couldn't couldn't put my finger on it. So I did a little bit of research on him and realised that he was a comedian that I've seen. And yeah, it's like I thought, wow, I've never I wouldn't expect somebody as famous as that to tweet tweet about me. <laughs> Maybe you should just fully embrace the whole Jedward thing and like. Have, have Jedward on your back, your shirt, like yeah. like a Brazilian player, you know, and they've got sort of their uh, yeah. their first name on there, and then um, you know, go for the big quiff as well. Definitely the quiff, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, what's your your kind of obviously the obvious? You want to be number one for for Bristol Rovers. That's that's obvious. But have you got any big ambitions and aims? It could. You know, maybe not even football related. Let's stick sort of five five years on this. So, where do you want to see yourself, mate? Like, what do you want? Five to do years, to Premier League. That's where I want to be. I want to be yeah, up right. there because I, I obviously I love Bristol Rovers. Been there my whole life, and one day it'd be nice to be number one. But you, I just want to look to the top. I want to be right at the top. That's where my ambitions are. Also, um, like national level as well, playing for England. You never know. Maybe you'll be n- number one for Bristol Rovers in the Premier League. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Really? I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> look, I, I, look, to be honest, yeah, as a Bristol City fan, I wish for you that's the case, um, but not for Bristol Rovers. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what was it, Lee Johnson, to say? Europe in five years. Yeah, that'll be it. Europe in five years. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, best of luck to you with that. Really hope it turns out for you. Obviously, very a very very dedicated and ambitious young footballer, um, and uh, you dedicated a number of years to your life to it. So you know, we wish you all the best with, with that ambition. And I'm sure if you carry on the way you're going, uh, that that is a true possibility. Um, obviously, you're our you're our first guest, Jed, on the Rizzle Kicks podcast. Um, but we've got a number of guests lined up, and what we're going to do is ask all of our guests that come on the show four questions to answer. Um, so yeah. four questions, you know, whatever comes into your head, and that's your answer. So first one, on a, on a Saturday night, what is your go-to takeaway? Domino's. What's your order? Um, just okay. a meteor pizza. I wouldn't think go for any sides. Take this one with a pinch of salt. Drink. What's your, what's your go-to drink? Uh, I know it's boring, but Diet Coke, that's my, that is my go-to drink. Um, the quick question is, is it in a can or a bottle? <sighs> Bottle. 
can. Can, can, from, fridge is, can from a fridge is much better for diet oh, sure. Um So also, we'll ask all of our guests pump-up song is before a game. What is the song that gets you right up for it? I like any songs by Medusa. You know, they sing like Head and Heart and all them sort of songs. So I'll just say Head and Heart. Who's on? Who's on the uh, tunes uh, uh, in the first uh, on Saturday? Who was on the tunes? I I don't know. I just <laughs> walked in the change room. Music was playing. Music was already on. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. yeah, it's probably best you don't jump on the the tune straight away. I'd imagine that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I'm, laughs> Everyone out the way. Everyone sure. out the way. Uh, and then lastly, um, the Colston statue come off. There's a nice plinth there re- waiting for a statue. Who do you put on there? What 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 person in um in history do you put on the the statue plinth? Who would I put on that statue? Stephen Gerrard. Gerrard, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would fit right in the centre of Bristol. Uh, Bristol's probably number one sport club is Liverpool, so that is true. <laughs> that is also true. Or oh, I put Chris Lines on there. Chris, Chris Lines, yeah, not a bad shout. Cool. Um, that wraps up the interview, Jeds. Thank you so much for coming on and being our first ever guest on Brizzle Kicks. Um, no, as you said, good luck with um, everything you do. Keep working hard and um, I'm sure you'll be number one for Bristol Rovers in the Premier League in five years. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. So what do you think of that then? Yeah, yeah, top, top bloke. Um, obviously, bar the Coco van and the, and the wide <laughs> in the background, I thought... I thought um, yeah, he gave some really good answers, and it seems a really genuinely nice, nice kiddie. Yeah, and uh, like what I re- what I was thinking afterwards as well. That he's seventeen, and he seems so driven and focused on where he wants to be. Like he's saying, in five years' time, he wants to be sort of playing at international level, which is absolutely fantastic. Like when you were seventeen, what was your uh, five year plan? Uh, five year plan: um, stop sort of accumulating as many crusty socks as I've got. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the the big picture plan. Um, yeah, no, that's completely different. We're obviously in different circles. Um, I've managed to make the uni, mate. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, no, I, I do wish I wish Jed all the best, and and obviously top bloke for chatting to us. Yeah, top top live. Wish him all the best, and uh, we'll be following his career closely. I guess we will do. So this is the part of the show where we talk about local football, but let's be honest, there's absolutely nothing happening in the local football world right now, is there? No, um, not a lot, really. Obviously, the usual. Um, people are looking for friendlies. Uh, there's a few tournaments to be booked up, but to be honest with you, there's not much news coming in in terms of actual football. No, so next week, the football restarts, so we're going to be hosting a local football special so what we want is we want people to submit their local football stories um they can be sort of as interesting as you want them to be i guess uh there'll be a form on our twitter at brizzle kicks pod where you can submit your stories anonymously yeah uh so and then we will read the best ones out on next week's pod and we'll be looking to have a few interviews with some of the local football world world yes yeah, so no. um keep an eye for that one but um yeah so next week local football special yeah bring them in make us laugh
So now we're on to the Brazil 11. It's pretty gas orientated at the moment, isn't it? I'm not doing very well. No. So as we didn't have a podcast last week, we didn't announce our winner uh, and we did have the right back position up for grabs. And to join Nigel Martin in the team, Michael Smith took the place in the Brazil 11. So that's two to me, a zero to you. So you know, it's quite a big one for you this week. Otherwise, it's starting to get very dominated with Rovers. It's very true, actually. Um, the back four can't be Bristol Rovers. They leak goals, mate. So um, I'm pretty no, I'm pretty confident about this week. I think, um, but I would like to hear some of your, well, your nomination first. Okay, well, so we'll go with the Rovers ones for left back. Right. Um, so there's a few people we can look at here. Yeah. In my watching time, mm. Trevor Chalice was a good player. He's now a coach at Bristol City Academy coach. Yeah. Um, he made quite a few appearances in about 1997. Okay. Uh, was in that team that nearly went up. Yeah. <laughs> the old. <laughs> um, so another player I was going to nominate just for a laugh was a player called Robbie Ryan. Okay. So Robbie Ryan, he joined us in 2004 under the stewardship of Ray Graydon. Um, and the reason why this is interesting was prior to that, he'd played for Millwall for six years. So obviously a pretty established player. Yeah. They were in the championship at the time. Okay. So, you know, he's playing at a high level. Rovers are in League Two. Yeah. He, at the end of the season, 2003-2004 season, he rejected a contract at Millwall. Okay. Bearing in mind, his last game for playing for Millwall was the FA Cup final. You know when they got there in 2004? I do, yeah. Yeah. And he was left back. Ronaldo was right wing. He was marking Ronaldo. And I do think him refusing the contract, or do you think the contract reflected <laughs> what kind of a day he had that day? Yeah, by all, all accounts, I think he did pretty well that day. Mm. Um, and he was, yeah, marking Ronaldo. And he turned out the contract at Championship side Millwall. Yeah. To drop down to League Two Bristol Rovers. Yeah. And the reason Rovers offered him a contract was the son. Like, remember the tea lady story with Nigel Martin? Yeah, mate. All these like sort of fringe staff. Yeah. So the son of Rovers' chief scout right. recommended him because of championship manager as the game indicated his contract was running out. Do you think if I got in touch with the catering staff down at Rovers, they'd get me a trial? <laughs> Give it a go. Do you think? Or, you know, maybe one of the stewards in the car park. I like to, I like to think we've kind of moved on from here, but no. Looking at the, the last few games, evidently not. The policy is still. <laughs> oh, I've seen him on Football Manager, uh, and then uh, he was absolute trash for us. Well, like, yeah, he was honestly awful. Um, ended up playing forty games over two years, and now he's working on the London Underground. So is he? What line? <laughs> Any idea? Maybe the circle line, because that's what he was doing in defence. <laughs> Running around, yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Um, so he, Robbie Ryan is... No, the, no, no, I, no. I, I was tempted, but no, I really I really want to go for like a, queen, a clean sweep of Rovers players here. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's only, from a left-back point of view, you know, we've had lots of good players on these, but there's, there's only one man that can represent Bristol Rovers in the Bristol 11 at left-back, and that's Lee Brown. Okay. You know, everyone knows, even City fans know who Lee Brown is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 287 games for the gas, scoring 22 goals, not a bad return. Uh, he somehow made a career as as a footballer 
playing under the likes of Paul Buckle and Mark McGee. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. He got relegated with us out of the Football League, but then he stayed to get us back up and he turned down league clubs with the quote, I thought I had to give something back to the fans. Okay. So, you know, if we're going to have someone in the Brazil 11, we need someone genuine like that. That's going to play for the shirt. Right. Uh, and then, you know, he, he stayed when we went down to our lowest level and he made a, he had a big input in us coming back. So mm. he scored one of the five penalties at Wembley against Grimsby. Yeah. Uh, that took us back up to League Two. And then it, he obviously scored the last gas winner to get us promoted from League Two to League One. And he played every single minute of that entire season. Uh, and then he had a bit of a, a laugh down Gloucester Road after the game. Yeah, I've seen that. Terrible suits. Have you got a suit like that? Uh, yeah, of course I do, yeah. <laughs> Court dates and things. No, the... <laughs> The, no, he, yeah, fair enough. He had a few drinks on Gloucester Road after yeah. you know keeping you up. But I think he reflects everything we want in a, in a left back in the Brazil eleven. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So who's yours anyway? Um, well, look, is, I've it, got, is, it, is it the two thousand eight left back? What I will say is that, that Lee Brown. Not working for you? What I will say is that <laughs> Lee, that the strategy is clearly not working. Um, Lee Brown said that he wanted to be closer to London when leaving Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Right, he wanted to be back to London. Um, he then went and joined Portsmouth. Talk me through that decision. If he loved you so much, why has he gone down to Portsmouth? Why has he not gone to play for like Brentford or Barnet or you know Don't someone know. down in that someone down round maybe round London? Maybe they offered him a travel car from Waterloo to Portsmouth. To Portsmouth, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. Um, yeah, so maybe he's not quite as dedicated as you think he was. Uh, right, on to the Bristol City choice. Now, um, left back, uh, there's a couple of, of sort of mentions to make. Uh, the first left back I ever saw um, when I got my season ticket all those years ago, Mickey Bell, um, his left foot was an absolute wand and that hair of his was just absolutely wonderful to see. Solid name as well, Mickey, Mickey Bell. Mickey Bell. Yeah, his son is, um, is, has had a few starts to the first team as well now. Is he, um, is he the guy that front. read that children's book on camera? He was, yeah, yeah. unfortunately <laughs> for him. Um, yeah, so Mickey Bell. And also, I think uh, another person worth mentioning is, is Jamie McAllister. Um, only for... 2008 team. yeah maybe so but he's worth a mention just because of obviously um johnson's assistant um he obviously stayed around the club he's got a lot of affiliations all right um okay well i think it's pretty obvious which one i'm going to go for um obviously in recent years um he pretty much made left back his own some would argue maybe left wing back left mid but um i'm going to stick him in the left back position uh, 203 appearances, 16 goals, um, one of our own, Joe Bryan. It's got to be from Bristol, rose up through the youth team. Um, you know, we sold him to, to Fulham recently for £6 million, which isn't a bad turnaround. Um, uh, yeah, now obviously playing in the Premier League. Some of the memories that Joe Bryan has given City fans is... is you know, there aren't many players who've got them in the locker. Obviously, most notably, maybe the Man United goal. That wasn't to even score against those boys. That was unbelievable. Um, he scored. He's just scores absolute rockets on the left and cuts across the keeper, and it hits the far post. Mm. They're they're amazing shots. Um, and obviously, the one against the old Rovers boys. Yeah, um, I was waiting for that one to come up. Yeah, mate, it was an absolute cracker though. It wasn't even just 
just a goal. It was it was a beauty. Um, and um, yeah, the other the other side to him. So you know, Lee Brown might be a nice bloke because he stayed around Rovers for a few seasons. But um, Joe Bryan's old man's a surgeon, uh, and he actually did the heart surgery on Gary Johnson to save his life, pretty much. So you can't really turn your nose up at that. Um, obviously, it's got not a lot to do with Joe Bryan. but has <laughs> got uh, literally nothing to do with Joe Bryan. <laughs> no, look, well, obviously, uh, it's part, part of the Bryan family. They're, you sound like a desperate man now to try to get a player in this team. I actually don't think I need to sell this one one bit. And I think anyone with an ounce of footballing brain <laughs> would put Joe Bryan in your team ahead of Lee Brown. And yeah. that's just my opinion. Well, he's smart as well, isn't he? He's he's a, he's a smart guy. Yeah, he's a Clifton he, Clifton lad, isn't he? I was thinking he, he knew he was never going to make it to the Premier League of Bristol City, so you know he found the quickest way out, and that was via Fulham, and rightly so. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that that will be our position for quite a few seasons, I'm afraid. <laughs> so there we have it. Who is going to make the left back shirt their own in the Bristol eleven? Is it going to be Lee Brown of Bristol Rovers or Joe Bryan? Bristol City. You can make your vote by visiting us on Twitter at BrizzleKicksPod and making your vote there. And we'll let you know next week who gets that position. So looking ahead to the weekend, uh, Bristol City don't have a game as due to international break. Nine internationals this weekend. Nine? Yeah. Nine. Obviously, you have to go down to the under-18s, but uh, yeah, nine international. Tell you what, it's absolute travesty that they count under-18s in that international quota. Well, yeah. I mean, you can tell that obviously those lads that face-to-face if you wish. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, nine blokes. I'll take that all day. Uh, meanwhile, Bristol Rovers are at home again against Sunderland. So that means that... Bristol City's greatest ever manager, Lee Johnson, is coming to the Mem. But his first return back to Bristol. It is his return back to Bristol. Um, uh, yeah, I can't see him getting, you know, too much stick, obviously because there's no fans. But, you know, if uh, there were fans there, what do you, would he oh, get? He, he would get a Torah time. Is it because of Matty Taylor? It's think, always think, about I Matty I just Taylor. I think the Johnson family in general is not very liked by Rovers. No? No, they, they always get grief when they come down and... Uh, you know the dugout uh, in the away game in in the in the mem story when you know, big teams come. Sunderland's a big team, or they, you're close. Like you're close to the dugout, the fans, and you know it's probably not nice. You, you probably feel it on the back of your neck. Odds on Barton knocking him out. I mean, he'd just blow on him, wouldn't he, Lee Johnson? And Lee Johnson would be out cold. Yeah, but he would he would be very interested to know about your box entries, and that would be like that would be like a. Heavyweight against the featherweight, let's be honest. No way. No way. I reckon Johnson's got something in there. You reckon? Nah, no chance. <laughs> so, yeah, Sunderland, Bristol Rovers on Saturday. Uh, We've got, we got to be sensible here. It's probably going to be a Sunderland win, but you never know. Might might raise their game for the big boys. And your prediction score? 2-0 uh, Sunderland, let's say. I can't believe it. What? You've gone for a Sunderland win in a score pick, prediction. I can't, I can't pick a Rovers to win every week. Well, what? Yeah, true. It's just unrealistic. I guess that's where I go wrong as a City fan. So there you have it. Another episode wrapped up. Yeah. Um, 
So as we said, next week will be a local football special, so don't forget to tune into that Wednesday. Also, we'll be announcing soon some very new guests that we've got lined up, which are going to be quite exciting. Yeah, definitely. Get those stories in for the, for the sort of amateur yeah. semi-pro scene. We want to hear them. Um, if, if you enjoyed this podcast, then the best way to help us out is by subscribing on Apple to make sure you see when the next episode's coming out or just tell someone else about it, get them to listen. Um, also, if you'd like to get in contact with us, then follow us on Twitter. It's at BrizzleKicksPod. Drop us a tweet and we'll be back in a week's time. So don't forget to tune in then. Cheers, Nige. Yeah, cheers, Nige. We're going to carry on the cheers, Nige. That's for a, yeah, let's go. go at the end, have to end it soon, aren't we? Look at fucking chicken tangine. <laughs>